You don't need a certain platform or a large audience to do what God has called you to do. You just need to take a step, even when no one else may notice. Stop hiding what God has given you to use on today's Dreamers and Disciples. Welcome to the podcast today, friends. I'm glad that you're here. And this week's episode is a bit different and hits close to home for me in a good way. And you'll find out what I mean in just a moment. But I really think God's also going to use this to reawaken a dream you may have hidden deep in your heart. Because I'm willing to bet that for everyone listening, that there's something, an idea or a talent you want to use or a dream, like I said, that you're talking yourself out of or you're putting off doing because you're waiting on everything else to fall into place before you even take a step. You're waiting for all the conditions to be just right. You're waiting for that friend that you desperately want approval from to tell you that it's good. You're waiting for the right financial backer. You want a certain sized social media platform on Instagram or TikTok or Facebook or whatever, but you have this wish list of every ideal condition that needs to be in place before you ever move. And, you know, I'm not talking, first of all, about neglecting wise counsel. That's important. You need trusted voices in your life. You need to do your research before you take a step into something. What I'm talking about, though, are the ideas or the passions or the gifts that you have that you know you should use because it's a good thing, but you're afraid to use it because it's not going to get the recognition you want it to get or you think it should get from other people. Now, let me give you some examples. You love to sing, but you stopped singing in the choir because you didn't get the solo if you're in a traditional church or you stop singing on the worship team because you didn't get to lead the song that you wanted to lead. Maybe you have an idea for a business and otherwise people have told you it's a great idea, but it's a little bit risky, but you can't get past the question, what if I fail? What if I look stupid? What if I fall flat on my face? So you never actually take the step and launch the business. Or you wanna write a book, but you talk yourself out of it because You're not published. You don't have an agent. You don't have anybody to market it for you. And so you never even take it from the idea form and you never actually start to write anything. See, in the process of talking ourselves out of these ideas that that might be from the Lord, maybe they're just from you, but they're still good ideas, we give the keys of our joy away to another person when they're only meant to be in the hands of your father. So if that's the place you find yourself in, be encouraged. It's time to get the keys back and realize that you can find joy in using the gifts that God has given you right now. No matter where you're at in life, no matter what resources are available to you, you can take a step to use the passion or the gift that God has placed inside of you. And I learned that lesson recently from my daughters. And so that's why this episode is special to me because I'm going to share with you five lessons that God taught me about this topic in the last few months from my daughters, specifically my twin girls, Adley and Liana. So let me give you some brief context and then I'll share the lessons with you. So there's been a lot of rejoicing in the Joy household recently because my twins have become published authors. Now you can't buy their books at Barnes and Noble or get them on Amazon. You can't download them on your Kindle but they're authors nonetheless because they both finished legit books. And I said they're published. We self-published their books and we only made three copies each. 
but you can still, you can hold the fruit of their labor in your hands. I took one of their books on a flight with me recently to finish it. And these aren't just little books. One is 710 pages. But that journey for them didn't start this year. It began during that crazy year that we all want to forget of 2020. And what's so beautiful for me is something really special came out of a trying season for us. I mean, not just for us, it was a trying season for everyone in the world. But Adley and Liana discovered their love for writing that year while they were in quarantine. And everybody was secluded in 2020, trying to figure out what life looked like. And there was a lot of fear. And our family was especially cautious because of my youngest daughter's cystic fibrosis. So we spent a lot of time in the house that year. And we did what everybody was trying to do. We tried to find things to keep us occupied, to keep our thoughts focused on good things and not on all the fear that you would see when you turned on the news. And so we exhausted a marathon run of watching Seasons of Survivor. Kagiyan is, is still our favorite season for any Survivor fans out there. We played every board game that we had. We played every video game that we had. And then my, my girl started getting into something called fan fiction. Now, Fan fiction is this world out there that you might not know about where people that are really into certain movies or books, they want to continue the story on their own. They want to kind of take the pen from the author and say, this is how this story really should have gone. You know, Maybe they rewrite something that happened in a movie that they didn't like, or they want to carry on a, a love story. That's usually where fanfics often go. But our family, we are big into Marvel and Star Wars and all things geek and nerd culture. So we love that. So my girls started writing Star Wars fan fiction. And what's funny is I think the stories they wrote were actually better than episode nine of the sequels. So any Star Wars fans listening, let me know on Instagram if you agree about the quality of, of episode nine. And I think what they wrote was better. That's probably me being a disappointed and cynical Star Wars fan and a biased father, but they had some good ideas, some good stories. And as they kept writing, they kept getting better. And, you know, honestly, like I said, this all started because they were frustrated that they couldn't see their friends. So they did this to get their minds off of their frustration. So here's a bonus lesson before we get to the real lessons in just a moment. Sometimes a difficult season can produce fruit for the next season. There can be a gift even on the road you never wanted to travel, but it might not be apparent right then in the moment. It doesn't mean that there isn't pain on that road. The pain is valid. The difficulty is valid. The challenge is real. But the pain also doesn't mean that there isn't a blessing that you can take from that season that God's going to use in the next season. So there are things that God wants to do in your difficult season right now that are going to show fruit one day when you least expect it. So be on the lookout for God's goodness. So that's just a bonus. Back to the rest of the story. So in 2020, they both started writing and they were sharing their fanfics with each other and then the rest of the family and they loved it and it was fun. So they kept going. And as a faithful reader of all their stories, I can tell you that each one got better and better. And so then in 2022, they decided to take it to the next level. They wanted to write and publish legit books. Both Adley and Liana were on this journey together. And so they went all in. They studied how to do it. They even read a book on how to write fiction and how to have good character development called The Snowflake Method. And the rest is history. This year, they finished their books, and it was amazing. We threw a party for each one of them, and we were so excited, so proud of them. And let me, before I give you the lessons, let me tell you a little bit about each of their books. So Adley wrote this book called No More Time, and it's a spy thriller, I would say. And if you like 24, this would be the book for you. If you are a Jack Bauer fan, 
then you would like no more time. And so she started writing it in January of 2022, finished it in August. I got the printed copies back in September. She's already working on her sequel now. So the book is awesome. I just finished reading it and I loved it. Now, Liana, her book is called Lies of a Fantasy. And it's it's not like a spy thriller. Hers is like a fantasy romance. She's all into romance, lies of a fantasy. We affectionately call it loaf around the house. But she had started writing a different book at the beginning of the year, and she kept hitting a creative wall. She didn't really like the story, so she came up with a new story in June, which became her book, Lies of a Fantasy, and she finished it December 12th, and that she wrote it for five months, and then we just got copies of her book back within the last couple of weeks. So everyone in the family has read it at the time of this writing, but me, because I'm always the last one to read it. I don't know how to change that. I'm slowly trying to get over the resentment that I'm always the last one, but her twin has to read it. My wife has to read it. Even our youngest, Sydney, has to read it. And then I finally get to read it. I'm choosing to believe that they're saving the best for last. But so she finished her book and Sydney would be upset if I didn't mention that she is also writing a book called Island in Flames. And so she's in the very early stages of that. So as a dad who's watched this entire process, God has been really speaking to me through it. And so I'm learning a lot, and I want to share with you just five brief lessons that I've learned from my daughters as they've written their books this year. Here's lesson number one. An audience doesn't determine the joy found in a gift. Using it does. Let me tell you that one more time. An audience doesn't determine the joy found in a gift. Using it does. See, both of my girls, when I ask them, you know, why do you do this? And and do you want to publish this one day outside of just our family? And they're like, you know, we just, we enjoy writing for the sake of writing. We enjoy our characters. We like the process of it. It doesn't matter to us if anyone else likes it because we like doing it. And I love that. They wrote solely because they loved writing. They wrote because it brought them joy. Even though it was hard, they would push through because of their love for the process. They weren't doing it to get a book deal. They weren't doing it to get this massive following. And I think there's something so pure in that. We know when Jesus says that we need to have faith like a child, I think there's something so pure about how a child, and my twins would say they're not children anymore, they're teenagers, which is true. But there's something so pure about how they're creating out of just a pure sense of love for it. And I think that's something that I have lost many times along the way in my journey, because oftentimes I think that what I do doesn't matter unless an audience loves it or unless it reaches a certain level of success. But not every gift is meant for public consumption. When I was a songwriter and I stopped writing songs for Elevation Worship as my role changed, I stopped writing for a while because I wasn't writing for the church anymore. And I remember God really began to convict me and ask me, was I writing songs, writing worship songs only to get them on an album or only for other people to sing them? Or could I still write worship songs just as an act of personal worship to God? Was writing a worship song that only God heard enough for me? And that really challenged me because I realized that I had thought that this gift was only meaningful if someone else experienced it rather than just offering it up to God as a personal act of worship. And so many of us, there are things that you can do, things that you love 
that it's just enough for you to do them. Even if only God sees you do it, even if only God hears the song or reads the, the pages that you write, there is something beautiful about the act of just creating for the sake of creating and for the sake of doing it as an act of worship for the Lord. So do what you're passionate about just because you love it, not because you need someone else to love it too. Now, this doesn't mean numbers don't matter at your job. You need to perform well. You need to hit certain metrics. And, you know, I want people to listen to this podcast. I want people to buy the book that I've written that releases later this year. But even if it doesn't match my expectations, the act of doing it is still an offering of worship and pleasing to God when it's done with that spirit. So don't sit on a gift. Use your gift. That's what's going to bring you joy. No matter who experiences it, who shares it, who hears it, it brings you joy to offer it to the Lord if we can do it with a heart of worship. All right, the second lesson that I've learned is you make time for what you love. See, I remember back when I was in high school, whenever I complained about being too busy to my parents, they would first of all laugh at me and tell me I had no idea what busy was. And then they would tell me, you always make time for what you love or what matters to you. And that has been ringing in my ears as I've watched my girls do this because they will structure their day around their writing time. They've been diligently working on these books for a full year, meticulously planning and writing every single day. And so number one, as a dad, I love seeing the consistency and the persistence and the work ethic there. But I'm reminded that you know, there's a lot of things that a lot of choices, let me say, that you have every day. And when you look at your spiritual life, sometimes we say we're too busy to pray, but we're not too busy to watch Netflix. We say we're too busy to be in God's word every day and meditate on that, but we're not too busy to scroll on social media. See, you make time for what you love. And so if you want to be a person of prayer, then make time for prayer. Start praying for five minutes a day. Start somewhere and prioritize time for it in your schedule. See, huge goals are accomplished through small steps. So if you want to be a person of prayer, then find time to pray. Little pockets of prayer every day. You want to be a songwriter, write every day, whether you feel inspired or not. You want to be an author, write a little bit every day, no matter if you feel like it or don't, because you're creating rhythms that eventually lead you to the bigger goals that you want to achieve. So you make time for what you love. Number three, Sometimes the idea you start with isn't the idea you finish with. The important thing is that you keep moving forward. All right, that's a longer one. Let me say it again. Sometimes the idea you start with isn't the idea you finish with. The important thing is that you keep moving forward. So I mentioned a bit ago that Liana started with one idea, and then she kind of hit a wall, and she tried to make it work. And through the process, she began to come up with a different idea that excited her, and that's the book that she finished. And you might say that all that time was wasted beforehand, but I would say that that idea that eventually didn't work out got her into motion and into the process of writing and into the headspace and the heart space where she was able to find the good idea. So she had to do some digging to find the gold that was in the ground, but she wouldn't have found that gold if she didn't dig through some bad ideas or some ideas that didn't work out first. So you have to be willing and ready for God to redirect you when you take a step. And you can't think of those steps that led you to the idea that didn't work out as wasted because all of that is what God uses to get us where He wants us to go. 
I'm reminded of Paul in Acts chapter 16 in verse 6, where it says this, Paul and his companions traveled throughout the region of Pergia and Galatia, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word in the province of Asia. When they came to the border of Mycenae, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So I wonder right now if Paul was thinking, gosh, was this whole trip a waste? And then it says, so they passed by Messiah and went down to Troas. And during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. You see, Paul had to be in motion to be in the place to hear from the Spirit of God where the Lord was truly leading him. And I believe that even in those dead ends, God was teaching him how to trust. God was teaching him how to be led by the Spirit. And so we have to be willing to be redirected and not hold so tightly to our original plans or to hold so tightly to our first draft. So sometimes we just have to move forward to what we think God wants us to do in faith, to put us in position to do what God actually wanted us to do. So don't get married to the idea or strategy. Keep your hands open and trust and surrender to God. All right, here's the fourth lesson. And that is look around and cheer someone else on. See, one of my favorite parts was watching my girls read each other's books. And so they called each other beta readers. So they would finish a chapter and then they would let their sister read that chapter and give them feedback. And they wouldn't let any of us touch it until the book was done but they would let each other read it. And not only were they giving each other constructive feedback, but I would hear them all the time being like, oh my gosh, this chapter is so awesome. I can't believe you did this with that character. And I love that, first of all, as a dad to see them you know, encouraging one another. But I realized that they found joy, not just in what they were writing, but they found joy in watching their sister write and thrive and flourish. And they found joy in cheering someone else on in their journey. And it reminds me of something that Pastor Stephen from Elevation would tell us on staff a lot, that mature ministry is being more excited about what God does through others than what He does through you. So as you are taking steps in your gift, can you also be on the lookout for other people who need encouragement, who need maybe a resource that you have, maybe a connection that you have, and can you cheer them on because you will find so much joy unlocked in your heart when you do that and your eyes aren't just on the steps you're taking, but they're on how you can encourage other people to take steps in their journey. And here's the last lesson that I learned. And it's going to sound self-serving at first, but I promise you it's not. And it's trust your father. Trust your father. See, I loved watching my girls do something that brought them joy. It brought me so much joy to watch them just discover what they were passionate about. And the more I reflected on this, I realized that God finds so much joy in watching you find joy in your work and watching you use the gift that He's given you. See, I think it brings our Heavenly Father so much joy when we do what we love, not to be validated by anyone else, but just because it makes our heart glad. And in doing that, I think it makes our Father's heart glad too. I think it's a very pure act of worship. I think it's what Paul means when he says, and whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. When we realize that all of life is a gift, everything he's given us is a gift. And when we use it and when we enjoy it, that is an act of worship unto him. 
And I also think we need to trust our Father to share the work with whoever needs it. See, as my girls were writing their books, they had no idea I was going to do a podcast episode on it. That's not why they wrote it. But because I saw how much they threw themselves into it and how much they loved it, as a dad, I wanted to share it. And I'm not even expecting anybody who's listening to this to read the book, but I just want to brag on my kids. And so I think we have to trust that when we do our work as unto the Lord, He sees it, He loves it. Even if no one else validates it, He validates it. And then He will put it in front of the people that He wants to be ministered to by it. So whether that's a few people or a massive amount of people, it really doesn't matter in terms of the worth of your gift. The worth of our gift is determined by how we use it and who we present it to. And we're not presenting our gift to people. We're presenting it to God. We're doing this as an offering unto the Lord. Even in things that don't feel very spiritual, we're using that gift for God. And then we trust God to use it to bless people, whether few or many. It doesn't matter when we do it unto the Lord. So those are the lessons I've learned from my kids recently. And I'm going to continue to watch them and learn from them. And I want to do better at creating out of love for the act itself and less out of my need for validation that only comes from mass consumption and from other people's approval. So let me just urge you, don't wait for the big stage to write the song. Don't wait to put pen to paper or fingers to laptop to write your book. Start writing it right now. Some of you have been waiting on an idea or waiting to to bring your idea to life with your book. Write the first page right now. Don't wait to take a risk and try the idea you think is from God, but you're not sure. Offer it up to Him as an act of worship and find joy in the journey itself rather than the destination that you think you have to arrive at. God is faithful. He sees you. He loves you. He is with you. And I believe He smiles when He sees you use the gift that He gave you. All right, that's all for today's podcast. I'm glad you've joined us. If you think this episode was helpful or encouraging for you, please share it with somebody. And while you're at it, subscribe to the podcast so you never miss an episode. Also, you can find a link. I have a free ebook called Seven Rhythms to Renew the Health of Your Soul. You can find that link in the show notes to download it for free or just go to wadejoy.com. All right, I'll see you back here next week for Dreamers and Disciples. Disciples.